Oh, boy, here we go. It is effing hump day. Time to get over the hump and get into the weekend wind down. That's what we're doing. Don't forget the wind down of the weekend on Friday will be Moto Man, along with his special guest, um, Kyle. Princess Kyle will be in the house as well. Moto Man and Kyle doing the Friday show. Starts at 3 p.m. You can listen to that every single Friday. They are live, too. Call them up. Pick up the phone and dial them whenever. 866-49-BIG-49 to be like, hey, Stretch, say you guys suck. And they'll be like, F-Stretch, I got a feeling. They're probably going to say F-Stretch if you call or not because that's what they do about half their show. They rip on me. They talk about how they hide all the wonderful beverages we get from Strop Distributing from me. Yeah, Stretch, you can't go in the warehouse. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, what do you need, Stretch? We'll get it for you. Yeah, you're hiding you're hiding delicious Black Rifle coffee from me is what you're doing. You're hiding delicious Ghost Energy drinks from me and Michelob Ultra and all kinds of awesome beers we got in there. Bastards. You bastards. I'm going to go directly to Bebek soon. That's what I'm going to do. Hooking it up. Shout out to Strop. Shout out to everybody working hard out there at Strop Distributing. All right, let's get into today's show. In mere moments, I am going to open the microphone with our friend Chase Sexton, who is having a great, terrible year, if that makes any sense at all. It's a tough conversation. This kid has had three races in the bag that were sure wins that he did not get because of late race crashes that were just brain farts. That's that's all you can chalk it up to be, and we got to ask him about it say, hey, what's it like? What's it like to blow a race three weeks in a row? It's hard to do that, and he's such a nice guy. And I will tell you this, this year, no, ever, the first ever major superstar of motocross to sit down and talk to the big 49 and be like, what's up? The first guy to ever do it was Chase. And then what's funny is after Chase came over and talked to us and was super cool, we got an interview with Chase, Everybody saw Chase there, and they're like, oh, Chase is cool with these guys. So they knew we were cool. And after that, right after that's when we got Cooper Webb, we got Dylan Ferrandis. We started getting a bunch of guys that were coming over doing direct one-on-ones with us in a one-on-one setting as opposed to a press conference setting, which is a much better way to do an interview. And also, at that point, they know who you are, and you're having a conversation with them. When you're in a press conference, you're either on, on a computer asking a question or a room full of 100 people. They don't even know where the question came from, so... It is cool, and Chase was the first guy, and I really like this kid. And we'll have an in-depth conversation with him coming up in moments. It's kind of about, what the hell's going on, Chase? And he's got to answer that, at the same time wanting to punch you in the face for asking that question. It's definitely hard. All right, then we're going to go into, I got a Florida story that's so Florida. So Florida. I know I say that all the time. You know what's funny? It's a Florida story... It's so Florida and methamphetamine is not involved. Yeah. I got a Texas story that's very Texas. Involves guns and stuff. We'll get into that one. That's a good one, too. I like that story. Um, I have a, a scientific study that someone did. And Stretch has been saying this forever. It's like, I'm smarter than scientists, apparently. And I'm a dumbass. And that's terrifying. And, and the story is about how stupid people are a detriment to all of us. They'll be the death of all of us. Stupid is bad and you can't fix stupid. That is uh, what this story is all about. Now, I'll lean into that a little bit because they're right on. I think they just listened to the stretch show and then wrote the article. 
Ah, I have a lady after my own heart in South Carolina going to jail. The latest version of, wow, all right, I see how that happened. I got, speaking of stupid, uh, university members, deans, if you will, at a university, at Vanderbilt University, that are like temporarily uh, stepping away from their jobs because, well, they're stupid and you can't fix stupid. It's, it's ridiculous at the hypocrisy of these people. And we're going to get into this one. It's fun, though. So all of that and a hell of a lot more, plus Moto Minutes rocking up in you, the Entertainment Report, everything you've come to know and love right here on The Stretch Show. So strap it in and get ready. Our friend Chase Sexton coming up after a little bit more rock and roll, and then we'll get to him. Hang in there, Chase. Hang in there, buddy. The Man Entertainment Report. Remember the white rapper Australian chick named Iggy Azalea? And you saw her, and you're like, dude, I didn't know that was an Aussie chick, and she ends up being all hard. Well, she kind of fell off in the rap world, but now she's making tons of money doing OnlyFans. In fact, she did an interview this week where she talked about people made tons of money off of her sexuality for a very, very long time, and then bam, now she's like, screw that. I'm taking the money. I'm making the money. She says she likes her boobs. She says, F it, sorry, they're fake, but they look effing good, and I like them, and I'm happy with my body. She loves showing it off. She says she shows off her boobs and her booty, but she does not show any Eva JJ. All right, some dumbass decided he was going to extort money from the city of Los Angeles, and he was going to threaten to blow up the Hollywood sign unless they gave him a ransom of 10 grand. Now, here's the crazy part. When he called in his demand, he called Hollywood, Florida, not Hollywood, California. Hollywood, Florida said, you realize you're calling Florida, right? We'll call Los Angeles and we'll tell them that you're going to blow up the sign. But good luck with that because, you know, there's a police station at the Hollywood sign. So there's always cops up there. Very, very good luck to you if you're going to go blow that thing up. And finally, this one's weird. An ex-Mets pitching coach named Phil Reagan is suing the team for age discrimination says he was fired in the middle of the 2019 season because he's old. Well, he is old. Phil's 85 years old. He's a baseball lifer. And he says, you only fired me because I'm old. Sorry, Phil, but you suck. And the Mets suck. And the Mets have always sucked. And your team sucked. That's probably why you got fired, Phil. I hate that you lost your job, but, you know, your team blew. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 49, it is Stretch, and right now we are going to sit down with Mr. Chase Sexton from the HRC Honda team. Uh, Chase currently in a tie with Cooper Webb for second place in the championship hunt, seven points behind Eli Tomac. And Chase, uh, another heartbreaker tonight. It looked like you had it in the bag, looked like you were going to run away with it. You were building a pretty good lead, and then there was a a weird crash uh, mistake, whatever you want to call it there. Uh, towards the end of that race, and Eli and uh, Cooper were able to get by you. So uh, can you walk us through that moment when you go down, like what happened at that point? Well, that, that was a real strange uh, crash, the way that the bike went sideways and then hopped up into the the pillar, if you will. It was bizarre. So walk us through that one. <clears throat> I wish I could tell you what happened. I uh, I landed the triple okay. single, and I just – I literally had a two-wheel slide, and there was nothing I could do. So okay. um, after that – it's really hard to get back into a flow on a track like that. And I was having, I had some good laps and then I was starting to get a little bit on off balance on the whoop, the jump line. And then Cooper really just caught me really fast. And yeah. then I was being very, very timid on the dragon's back, okay. which 
it was just I didn't feel super comfortable on it. And then once I crashed, I was really just trying to not get through it, but not make any more mistakes. So okay. I uh, obviously he caught me, and then uh, after he got around me, I was like just in survival mode basically. So okay. um, up until the crash, though, I mean that was I felt so comfortable and really smooth, and I had a really good flow going. So um, kind of go back to work and analyze what I did wrong and try and fix it. All right. Uh, now, after the crash, were you hurt or was the bike damaged and that caused you to go into like survival mode or was everything fine? No, bike was fine. I was fine. It was just okay. um, trying to get back into a flow was tough. All right. And, and now, Chase, we've seen this happen for a, a few races now and you're clearly the fastest bike on that track. I, I don't think anyone's going to argue that point out there. And you're getting these leads, and then these little things happen that'll cost you those very precious few points in, in position points as far as the results go on the race. And at some point, are you, like, do you ever think, God, this is just bad luck out there? Or is it just, you know, things happen, it's racing? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a, if you look at it in a negative, there's no really pulling yourself out of it. So, um, okay. negativity never is the answer. And for me, right. if I can be positive and try and be better, that's all I can do. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, no such thing. I mean, I don't want to think it's bad luck, nothing like that. Just got to be better. So um, right. me being positive is the only way really out of it. And I definitely think I'm capable of fixing the problem. It's just finding those small pieces and putting them together. My Everything else is really good. Just got to fix that part. All right. And was there something wrong with the bike? I mean, was there a chance that the bike did something, you know, unpredictable that, that you weren't uh, ready for or the setup wasn't 100% right that is causing these uh, late race mistakes? Um, yeah, it's it's hard to say. I mean, okay. like I said, I did the same thing I did the lot before and ended up on the ground. So okay, it is tough. It's tough mentally yeah. to um, kind of go back and, like, analyze what happened because yeah. at this point, I just – it happened so fast and – I, there was no saving it, so okay. gotta go back I, and try and be better. Like I said, it's you can't blame the bike. Um, okay. it's, you kind of have to put it on yourself. So I gotta, like I said, be better and go back, look and see where the bike was at when it happened, and um, go back to work. Now, uh, I know, by the way, the fact you're here taking these questions, appreciate the hell out of it. I know it's not easy. But, uh, you know, uh, where's your headspace right after something like this happens? Right now, it's it's been a little while. You've had time to sit and, and sort it out and then, you know, just put it behind you and move on. But right after it happens, race is over. You get back to the truck and you are obviously, I would imagine, uh, fired up uh, after something like this happens. So uh, tell us what happens right when you get back to the truck. <clears throat> I'm pretty fired up. I mean, that's really all I can say. It's yeah. Uh, there's not much to be um, super happy about, yeah. and I'm my own biggest critic, so I uh, I hold myself to a high standard, and when I fall below that line, it's uh, it's on me, yeah. and I'm obviously disappointed. But okay. it's uh, it's probably it's fun that we get to race every weekend because we always have that next <laughs> chance to yeah. fix it. So, but yeah, for me, I'm I'm pretty fired up on what happened yeah. and like i said i can only fix it for next weekend all right and then uh tonight there was a little mistake right before the crash is the mistake what uh, caused the crash to where it maybe broke your concentration for a second and then uh that's when when it all got away from you for that split second i realized how difficult these tracks are to ride how fast you guys are going everything going on at once was that mistake part of uh, what led to the crash though tonight uh i wouldn't i don't think that played any part it was uh okay 
like I said, I jumped the jump exactly how I did it prior to that. And yeah. it was just, like, it happened so fast. So I, after that, I changed my line on the dragon's back. I started jumping it instead of skimming it, which was slow. But yeah. uh, it's something that I've learned over the last few years is it's better to <laughs> be on your bike than be off of it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just was trying to not make any more huge mistakes and um, get it to the finish line. All right, understood. Uh, let's talk about this, Chase. We, we've had a few mishaps now. You're still right in the championship hunt. I dig that you're keeping it positive and that you're, you know, moving forward. What are we going to do for the next week as we head into another difficult situation? Because we're heading to Dallas and we're heading to a Triple Crown, which has its own uh, set of challenges for a rider. So what's going to go on this week? What, where's your headspace moving into this Triple Crown event in, in uh, uh, Arlington, Texas next weekend? Yeah, it's uh, it's very frustrating. Okay. Um like I said, my riding and everything has been super good. And yeah. the first 10 minutes, I felt really like in a comfort zone. I wasn't overriding. I was hitting my marks and that stuff just, uh, so, I mean, it happens. And yeah. it was uh, unfortunate. But like I said, I'm I'm still here. I, I still have an opportunity next week to come out and uh, yeah. prove myself uh, or fix the wrongs that I made. So I uh, just look forward to that. And I think for me, just riding rougher tracks during the week and trying to okay. replicate what I'm racing on, it's uh, it's very tough, obviously, but that's the only way I can get better. And if we need to adjust the bike or I need to adjust myself, it's that's where I need to do it is okay. 10, minutes after, 10 minutes into the main event. So right. that's what I'm focused on. And like I said, positivity is going to be the fix. And that's uh, what I'm focused on right now. All right, Chase. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about this track tonight. It. it actually didn't seem like it would lend itself to you it wasn't a speed track at all it was super super technical uh, uh walk us through what you thought of the track tonight if you thought the track played uh, a role in in uh what happened there at the end or you know just what, what was it like out there tonight and these track conditions it was a very unique track that we haven't seen so far this season the track layout was honestly awesome yeah other than the dirt was really soft okay. it uh i mean all day even in practice, I felt like I felt like I was riding like it's like it's not comfortable, okay. and I do one lap at a time, just trying to get a, a lap in. Yeah. And even the heat race, I didn't feel good. Um, and then I came out for the main event, pulled the whole shot, and felt <laughs> back to where I need to be riding. So it's just okay. the track was really really gnarly. That was the drag the whoop dragons back whoop section was yeah. by far the hardest part of the track. Other yeah. than that, it wasn't super. I mean, it was technical, but it wasn't super, anything crazy. Okay. Just that dragon's back, man. It was super gnarly. I don't know how many whoops were on it, but that was um, yeah. a really big part of the track. And then obviously the whoop section. So okay. it was. Uh, I thought the layout was fine. It's just really, it's really tough when it gets soft like that to be yeah. able to race it. Um, yeah. But overall, like I said, I felt the best I had all day in the main event. So that was a positive because usually it's the other way around. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, gnarly track, obviously. All right. Well, uh, Jace, uh, thanks so much for taking the questions and talking to us. I know it's got to be hard, uh, but still, you're right in the championship hunt. It is a three-dog race right now, and you are one of those dogs. And to be honest, I think you're the fastest dog of those three dogs. So as we move into you know, the final uh, the second half of the season, if you will, can't wait to see what happens, see you dial it in. Uh, thank you for taking the time with us. Best of luck to you next week in the Triple Crown there in Arlington. And uh, I anticipate talking to you again next week, Chase. Thank you for your time. 
I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Okay, I know I'm a little late to this party because it happened over the weekend, but there's been a lot of stuff going on in the moto world, so I'm just now getting around to this. A huge shout-out to the OG moto head, Travis Pastrana. Not only did this guy get himself into the Daytona 500 for the NASCAR over the weekend, he qualified, he gets in the race, he holds it down and finishes 11th place overall. And this is not an average, you know, NASCAR dude. This is a one-off race for him this year, and he had to bust his ass just to get in it. And not only does he finish 11th overall, which is massively impressive, he also leads the race for a lap or so. So he has a race leader lap under his belt as well. A massive accomplishment. Shout out to Pastrana. Congrats to you. I'm sure that's a bucket list dream of yours. And uh, the dude puts it down and represents for Moto in the Daytona 500 over the weekend. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's a stretch show on a freaking hump day. Get your hump on. You know what you need on a hump day? You need a freak. That's right. You need a freak like Too Short rolling out the Bay Area. We were bumping Too Short all weekend. Last weekend during race coverage, we were doing our tribute to Oaktown. Getting our gangsta lean on is what we were doing. Blasting out a little Too Short. We had all kinds of... We just had hip-hop in general. Not all of it was out of the Bay Area, but we did have some Bay Area rappers like Too Short on the show Saturday. Represent... All right, now, get into hump day. Let's go take a little walksy into North Carolina. I'm sorry, South Carolina. Same thing, North Carolina, South Carolina. Same thing. Got a lady there in Kershaw. No relation to Clayton. <sighs> She's after my own heart. She really, really is. Her name is Quanisha Manango. Quanisha just chilling. 28 years old, staring Kershaw, and she listens to Stretch Show, apparently big fan of the Big 4-9, she bumps it up, she's like, I like that crazy cracker, he talks crazy motorcycle stuff that I don't know what the hell he's talking about, and then he bumps in a little too short, sure he plays that crazy devil music of that rock and roll, but then he'll bump in a little too short, play a little hip hop, he'll tell us some funny stories about his interactions with the hip hop world, she was a huge fan. I guess I owe uh, uh, Quanisha an apology because she took Stretch's advice literally. I don't know if you're familiar with the show. Apparently, Stretch will come on and be like, hey, we need to make more money at the 4-9. making money. It needs to make way more money. We need to get bigger, better, faster. How do you do that? You're slight like, cocaine. That's how. That's what I say. I'm, I'm weighing those options. I'm not a Libra, but I got the scales out, so to speak, the triple beam. Blasting out, you know, how much I sell an eight ball for? How much is that way? Well, Quanisha decided she could do the same thing. She's like, you know what I do? I slank all kind. That's what she said. And so she got it out. She ordered some up. I don't know where she went, though. She found a website. I guess you could just order it up to the house. And day before Valentine's Day, maybe she was going to have a fun time with her lover. Uh, she ordered six and a half pounds of cocaine. Not, not six and a half ounces. Six and a half pounds. That's like, that's that's some kilos. Short of some kilos up. Just had them ship. Messenger was delivering them. You know what happens when you're moving massive amounts of cocaine? Unless you got it on the back of an OG vigilante named Moto Man. And you got him shoved in a backpack of the uh, while he's riding the Honda 70 souped up to a 125 with a Chinese race motor in it. It's better than a Chinese spy balloon. You just take that to the border. You just blast across the desert with a seven-gallon tank. You've never seen a Honda 70 with a seven-gallon tank on it before. 
That's because Motorman got a hell of a ride when he's slanging cocaine. Gonna just blast all the way from the border, right through a tunnel, pop out of that tunnel, get about 12 foot of air, do a tabletop, hit the trail, and just blast up into the mountains. Bah, bah, bah. And they're like, look at that boy ride. That boy can ride. He got cocaine on his back. He riding like the wind because the popos are after him. It is. It's like a modern day tale of the Dukes of Hazard or Smokey and the Bandit or something awesome. So that when they write the movie about the Big 49, it's going to be amazing. So here we are. Talking about slinging cocaine as a backup auction. And Quenisha thought she would do it. And guess what happened? They, they find out. When you ship it, they find out. That's why I have my, my own delivery method. I have my own Big 49 UPS delivery method set up. And that is Moto Man on the Honda Trail 70. Well, he's got the Honda 70. And then Jason's got a Honda Trail 70 if we expand our operation. And that's how you do it, Quinisha. You should listen more closely because she just had, I just ordered, I just FedEx it to the house. And well, the 5-0 catches wind of pounds of cocaine when it's coming through. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. And on February 13th, delivery guy brought up and said, I got a package for uh, Quinisha Monongo. It's like, that's me. Ah, uh, yeah, that package is worth over $180,000 on the mean streets of South Carolina. Uh, as soon as she got that package, the federal authorities moved in and apprehended Quenisha. Undercover agent delivered the parcel, and deputies and agents moved in. And they not only took Quenisha to jail, they took her cocaine. Yeah. And they waited, by the way. They delivered the package. They watched her. She then walked out to the driveway where she drives a 2012 Ford Focus. Good car for slinging cocaine. Quadisha. That's a good car right there. Slow profile. Typically, 5.0 don't see you rolling a 2012 Ford Focus. They typically don't even look at you. Yeah, you got Roger and Zap on. You're just like, oh, yeah. You're just bouncing it. I got cocaine in the Ford Focus. Boom, boom, got the bass jacked up real high. You're just rolling down the road. You're like, yeah, just got three and a half, six and a half, got three and a half kilos, six and a half pounds of cocaine. Deliver to the house. I'm gonna go make some money. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. And she's bouncing. She's getting her gangsta swerve on. Only thing the 5-0 was on her the whole time. They knew. They're the ones that delivered the cocaine. Never trust the 5-0 when you're slinging cocaine. People that give you the cocaine quite possibly could be 5-0. So, there you go. Ah, they picked her up. They're continuing to investigate the case because I imagine she had accomplices. Uh, a lady that drives a 2012 Ford Focus uh, bounced Roger Zapp and she gets a swerve onto the streets of South Carolina. Uh, she had partners. And I imagine they're trying to get her to roll over on them as we speak, which means don't do it. Benisha, don't do it. Just take the sentence, write it hard, serve hard. Because if not, you're going to get gacked in jail. They're going to be like, oh, you're a rat. Nobody likes a rat. Rats get jacked snitches get stitches just keep your mouth shut do your time i'm telling you a future slanger gonna tell you right now and i apologize that you you took my my words literally here on the 4-9 this is strictly for entertainment purposes only i have no real intention as i know that the feds are monitoring the 49 of actually slang and cocaine no but i do have a lot of stories here about it and i do look at the people that have done it and I'm like, this is how you get caught. Don't get caught. You know, you get caught being stupid. She had it delivered. That's how she got caught. 
That's stupid. Quinisha, I apologize. I That's stupid. It's not the smartest thing in the world. My plan's a little more foolproof. Got 37 dudes working on that tunnel right now. <laughs> yeah, they're coming any day. Moto Man, uh, lock the doors of the studio. They're coming any day. I'm pretty sure of that. I'm like, well, let's watch this big 4-9. I don't know what they're doing. They're up to shenanigans is what they're doing. Shenanigans. They keep talking about cocaine and slanging. Man, we're, we're not up to that. Though. I think we did it wrong. I think technically you should have done that completely anonymously before you got the radio station and then used that money to buy a radio station. And then from there, you are now a legit business and you can get away from your life of crime. What happened with us is we're a couple of idiots that started a radio station in the middle of the pandemic and uh, we're trying to figure it out as we go along. That's what we did. We're having fun is what we were doing. And now we're like, wow, we got this huge business and now we need a, a, an influx of cash. That's where these thoughts have come from now. I think I did it backwards. I may not be able to do it. My dreams of being a slanger may not happen. All right. So there you go. The history of the 4-9 and people that I have brought down along the way. The lives that I have been ruined by the big 4-9 already. It is a long list. I'm telling you, the after school special of the big 4-9 is going to be effing amazing. It really, really is. Ah, oh, boy. Up next, let's go down to Flow Rider. Get our gangsta lean on down there. Bad day for an old lady. It's a very Florida story. Gonna give you tips on how to fend off an alligator next. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. This Saturday, Supercross is back coming out of Arlington, Texas. And this one's a triple crown race. And if you don't know what these are, I know that not everyone that listens to the Big 49 is a full-blown moto head. Let me break it down for you. You got the Supercross, but on triple crown races, it's under a different format. Each class, both 250 and 450, have to race three main events. They're a little shorter, just 10 minutes each, and the point system is more like golf than any other type of the year. In fact, the lower your score, the better it is. So first place gets one point, second place gets two points, etc., etc. And another thing about this, at the end of the year, there is a triple crown champion, and oftentimes that is not the same guy that is the red plate season champion. So the triple crown a little different. Get ready for that this weekend going on in the Dallas area, and we'll cover it here on the Big 49 for you. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it's Stretch Show. I gotta tell you, this is the second time I've done this segment of the show. First time I uh, did not hit record, did not roll. That's why I should be doing the show live. That's why I gotta get the Big 49 up to making banana money so I can just sit in the studio every day and just bang out a show live. Right now, I can't do that. Right now, we're still building. We're building, we're building, we're building. We got a massive foundation we're building on. Right now, I'm going to take you to Florida. going to take you to somewhere. Tragedy has struck. And it struck an 85-year-old woman. 85-year-old woman. She lived down in uh, Port St. Lucie. In the Spanish Lakes Fairways Retirement Home. Monday night, she decided to, you know, take the dog out for a walk before dinner time. They go outside, they go for a walk. Beautiful, beautiful weather in Florida. And as they were on their walk, a 10-foot gator came sneaking up on her dog. And it lunged the dog. And by the way, the gators can actually run way faster than you think they can when they want to. And it made a run at her. She saw it coming, and she got between it and the dog. 
and that was a bad and fatal mistake because the Gator was like, oh, okay, I'll take you instead, old lady. And I'm sure she fell down because she's 85 years old and then got drugged into the water and was killed by the 10-foot alligator. And I'll tell you this, they're writing this article. They're not releasing the lady's name. They're just saying she was a resident of the Spanish Lakes Fairways. And she was 85 years old. She is now deceased. So they roll in with the cavalry. They all come, what? You talking about gator detonator, grandma? We got to get in there and get that gator. Go and get that gator. You would think you would get that gator to shoot it, but that is not what they did. They did on a whole show. They brought in all these state agencies. They got that gator. They arrested it. Not even kidding. They arrested the gator. They took him, and he looked like CeeLo in a lot of ways. Remember CeeLo, the singer? Uh, with his little short arms, little fat guy with short arms. It was a huge, fat gator, and it had little short arms, and they took his little short arms, and they duct-taped him behind his back. It looked like he was handcuffed. And then they duct-taped his mouth shut, and then they put a blindfold on him. I don't know why. And then they loaded him in a truck, and then they took him away and shot him. I don't know why they didn't just shoot him and drag him out of the lake and throw the dead gator in the truck and drive away. No, that's not what they did. They literally arrested that gator for murder, bound his arms, took him somewhere, and put him down like the dirty dog gator he was. I think the dog's still alive, but Grandma's dead. Sad day. Uh, They want the people of Florida to feel better, though. They say, sure, there are Floridas and Florida gators in all 67 counties of our state, but they seldomly bite people, and fatalities are even more rare. In fact, according to their statistics, there's an operative word in this statistic. Since 1948, only 26 out of 442 unprovoked bites in the state have resulted in human fatalities. Unprovoked, the operative word there. So that means when you're drunk and you're stupid and you go uh, get bit by a gator, that doesn't even go on the stats. That's okay. That's a drunk idiot. And I bet you, I mean, I'm not that Florida is a horrible place, but it is definitely filled with uh, drunken meth-smoking idiots. And I bet you there's a lot more gator activity not on those charts. 26 fatalities since 1948. You're like, that's not bad. More people die in the shower than that. Yeah. You you want to be the one? You want to be one of those 26 gets eaten by a gator? Because I don't. And that's 26 deaths, 446 attacks unprovoked, where the lady's just walking the dog. I say she provoked it. I say she took that little dog out there. That was like walking with like a bacon double cheeseburger on a leash in front of Stretch. I'll bite you. I see an old lady, 85-year-old lady, walking a, a bacon double cheeseburger down the street, or better yet, a triple from Wendy's. She got it on a leash. She walking that thing. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to attack that. I'll get that burger. I'll get that burger. And I start creeping up. And then she's like, oh, he's after my burger. And she puts something between. I eat your grandma, too. I don't care. I'm hungry. At that point, I'm already drooling. I'm already hungry. That was provoked. Grandma provoked me with a bacon double cheeseburger. So I think that gator was provoked. I think the, the grandma is the bad person here. We got to let nature uh, take its course. Yeah, you don't want to mess with a gator. I don't want to mess with no gator. Unprovoked. That tells me there's been a lot of, quote, provoked attacks in Florida over the years that we don't really know about. All right, coming up next, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a trip on down to Texas. I'm going to tell you, if you're getting your freak on on this lovely hump day, because hump day is for humping, uh, be careful. Watch your back, so to speak. When you're breaking the back and breaking the headboard, watch your back. Tell you why coming up next. I'm Stretch. It's the Big Four Nine. The Stretch Show. 
Weekday mornings, 3 a.m. till noon Pacific time. Powered by bacon. Real bacon. Not that communist turkey bacon. Big 49. Hello, my name's Max. I'm from England. <laughs> what? I like our chat, all right? Oh, um, Max. What are you talking about? You're not even up, Max. You guys aren't even racing. You're supposed to be down in Florida practicing. What is happening? Man, Max Anstey. He loves to talk. He's from England. He loves to talk moto. He gets on the podium again this weekend in the Triple Crown. He's not going to shut up. He's going to ramble forever. Shout out to Max Anstey. He's our friend. I'm a huge fan. I was a fan of Max Anstey before it was uh, uh, popular to be a fan of Max Anstey. I stand out and cheer for him when he was on the Suzuki and be like, that dude could ride because he was getting results on Suzuki when no one else was. Shout out. See Max get back at it this weekend in uh, Dallas. I hate that they don't call. The rest of America doesn't know Arlington. You're like, where the hell's Arlington, Texas? Granted, you know the Cowboys play there, so you know it's the Dallas Cowboys. You know it's Dallas. But it's Dallas. Glendale, Arizona. That few. It's Phoenix. That's what it is. It's Los Angeles when they're racing in Anaheim, too. Just for the record. It's San Diego, and they're racing way outside San Diego. It doesn't matter. It's still San Diego. You gotta just call it the big city where it's nearest. Damn it. Making me mad, Supercross. Right now, let's talk about mad. Let's talk about neighbors that got mad. Well, it's Texas, so they got guns out. Start threatening to kill people. This goes back to last week, Valentine's Day. There's a couple. You know what they do around Valentine's Day? They were warming up with a little Valentine's Day lovemaking. They live in an apartment building in Houston. Not some weird little town outside of Houston. No, let's just call it Houston. And here they were, the Worthington Apartments. And they're getting their freak on. They apparently, this couple likes to bang. They're married. Their names are Kevin Frank, his uh, girlfriend and baby mama, Kiara McPherson. They got uh, kids, too, because they're good at banging. They're really good at banging. And they practice a lot, and they were practicing making more babies, or they were making more babies, whatever they were doing. And this has been going on for a while. And Well, their neighbors are two sisters. That would be Alexa Davis and Treasure Bibbs. They're 25 and 21 years old. They're sisters with different last names. Now, is one married? I don't know. It doesn't say. Do they got different uh, baby daddies? I don't know. It doesn't say. I'm just saying that they are sisters, and they are Alexa Davis and Treasure Bibbs. And they're in their apartment, and they're like, damn it. These people keep boning over there and having sex all the time, and we can hear it, and it's making us mad. So they went over, and they put notes on the door. Hey, if you don't knock it off, we're going to kill you and your kids. It's a little extreme. Could be up. Could you please tone down the Randy lovemaking noises, please? Would have been much more appropriate, but no. Apparently they tried that. It didn't work. So then they're like, we're going to gangster you and kill you and your kids. And you know what happened? They kept on practicing and making babies and making noise. I heard uh, that Miss McPherson is a moaner. Well, apparently on... 13th and they boiled over they're like that was it they were poor they were going to pound town for the last time and that's when miss davis and miss bibbs grabbed their guns and went next door and said that's it we're blasting some holes in your ass uh luckily rather than pulling their own guns out which would have been true texas style and retaliate uh mr frank called 911 and the 50 came and they arrested the sisters uh for all kinds of fun stuff. Aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Looking at 20 years in prison each. You come over waving a gun in your neighbor's uh, face for making noise. You're probably going to jail. You become the bad guy at that point. 
The next day, Bibbs was out on $15,000 bail. However, her sister Davis, she's still in lockup because she's on a $200,000 bond since she's, well, also facing trial later in another felony case, which she's been out on bail for. So, Miss Davis, a gangsta gangsta. She knows something about Apache in the 1992 rap song Gangsta Bitch. She knows something about that. That's what I know. She's looking to get a murder case now. She don't play. Uh, here's what happened with her other uh, offense. You're like, well, why is this gangster lady waving a gun at these people for boning? Last year, she stole a 2008 Buick from a used car lot in uh, a Houston suburb. The $8,000 vehicle had been repossessed after she didn't make payments on it. So she went to a car lot, she bought the car, she made a $1,700 down payment and never made another payment on it. Well, they came and repossessed it, brought it back to the dealer, put it back on the lot, and they were selling it again. She drove back, stole the car back, took off. Problem is, those cars got digital trackers on them. And uh, then one thing, too, when she would, took the car, they got her on video. She had a unidentified female accomplice with her. And they got a feeling that was probably her sister, even though she was not charged in the crime. So here you go, gangsta gangsta at the top of the list when you're making pound town bang out noises at home. Be careful because your neighbors may come over and pop a cap in your ass. Especially if they're Apache gangsta bitch neighbors like these two girls. Sisters, don't want to mess with these sisters. They both had a gun. Ah, we'll blast you. We told you to stop banging. You don't need more kids. What are you doing? They might have been doing you a favor. Kids are expensive. I'm going to sell off the ones I got. Mine are all technically adults. I'm off the hook with them. Even though I'm not. I'm Trust me. Uh, when I tell the story, you're going to be amazed. I am not off the hook. All right, I'm Stretch. Coming up next. You know what we're going to do? I know what we're going to do. We're going to talk to my friend. That's right, my BFF. Uh, going to be Cooper Webb. We're going to talk to him next. If you missed it yesterday. It's the Big 4-9. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49 Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ. You know that we are down with the guys over at Motocross Action Magazine. And this week they had a cool interview. It was with Larry Brooks. He's the team manager of HEP Suzuki. It's a good read if you want to go over there and check it out. But the thing I like the most about it is when he talks about, hey, you know, he comes over. He's got to be the manager of the HEP Suzuki team. He was at the Bar X Suzuki team, which is their 250s before. He's moving up to the 450s and says he had no idea that they were going to get Ken Roxon. He said I, it was no way that he knew that that was going to happen, and he felt they technically weren't even really ready for it at that point to get a top-tier level rider like that. And then here they are in this rebuild, and then they got Ken Roxon. He says it was a little stressful for him. You want to see the whole article, get over to Motocross Action Magazine and check it out. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show here on this hump day, and right now we're going to talk about an article. It's like I wrote it, almost. Well, I'm not smart enough to write it. I'm aware I'm stupid. But I'm stupid at a level that's far less stupid than most people on this planet. Great article. Let's get into this. Uh, they say in this scientific study... The cold hard truth is that a lot of people are stupid in the world. And they say their stupidity presents a constant danger to others. 
Sometimes when I feel like when I'm in that studio on Saturday, my life is in danger. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They say some of these people are in positions of power. Some of these people have been elected to run our country. A far greater number of them do not have positions of power, but they still have the power to vote and the power to spread their ideas. You know what I'm saying? This is I'm reading this straight from the article. This isn't me spewing my stretchisms. Say there's collective intelligence out there, but there's also collective stupidity in America. And now we're talking stretchism is beat over the head with collective stupidity on the daily. Say collective stupidity is a force with equal influence on the world. And it would not be a stretch ah, to say that at this point in time, stupidity presents an existential threat to America. Because in some circles, it is being celebrated. In most circles, it is being celebrated. In the White House, it is being celebrated. They say stupidity may seem like a derogatory or insulting term. It is actually a scientific concept that refers to a specific type of cognitive failure. It is important to realize that stupidity is not simply a lack of, of uh, intelligence or knowledge, but rather a failure to use one's cognitive abilities effectively. This means you can be smart, quote, while having a low IQ or no expertise in anything. It is often said that you can't fix stupid. Now the article says that's not true. I say, no, you cannot. Look at the White House. We got this dude in the White House. You can't fix stupid. America is broken. And then they give examples of people that weren't highly intelligent that are very successful like uh, Richard Branson and people that have gone on to be very, very successful. They say you don't have to be traditionally intelligent or particularly knowledgeable to be successful in life and make good decisions, have good judgment, and be a positive influence on the world. Stupidity is a consequence of failure to be aware of one's own limitations, and this type of cognitive failure has a scientific name called the Dunning-Kruger effect, a well-known psychological phenomenon that describes the tendency for individuals to overestimate their level of intelligence. I do that all the time. Their knowledge or their competence in a particular area. And while simultaneously they misjudge the intelligence, expertise, or competence of others. In other words, they are ignorant of their own ignorance. The effect has been widely written about and investigated with hundreds of studies published in peer-reviewed journals confirming and analyzing the phenomenon, particularly in relation to the dangers it possesses in certain contexts like an idiot in the White House. So there you go. They say it's very easy. You may be an idiot and think you're smart. Like me. Um, it is easy to think of examples in which failing to recognize one owns ignorance can be dangerous. Take, for example, when people with no medical training try to provide medical advice. Now this right here is this article is being written to harsh on righties. Yet at the same time, this is the ignorance not being aware that the other people are smarter than you. I, I can see in this article where they're going. And they're trying to go after anti-vaxxers who I say right now look a hell of a lot smarter than anybody that got the vaccine. Anybody else out there know any really young people that have dropped dead or suddenly had heart attacks or strokes or anything like that? Because I got a long list myself. A very long list. Um, they say some of these people are scam artists, but many of them truly believe that they have a superior understanding of health and physiology, yet no medical training. 
There are many people who trust these self-proclaimed experts, and there is uh, no doubt that many people have paid with their lives. They're going after righties. And then they go after Donald Trump. They say, despite not having any real understanding of what causes cancer, he suggested that the noise from wind turbines is causing cancer. And then they launch into Trump. They, they wrote this whole article for a setup to go after right-wingers when, look at the big idiot we have in the White House. And all of you sheep that voted for him. And all you morons that have voted in these idiots in the state of California and Los Angeles. And look where we are. Look at the crap hole we live in. Look at the crime. Look at the idiocy. Look at the fact that they're trying to crap on a city like Culver City for trying to stop homelessness in their town. Yeah, you can't fix stupid. It's just spreading and getting worse. I'm Stretch. The person that wrote this article is an idiot. I can comfortably say that. It's the Big 4-9. You're listening to the greatest rock station in the world. The Big 49. Just ask Ozzy. It might not be the greatest. It might be the greatest. I don't know. Yeah, that didn't really help, Ozzy. Big 4-9. It is Stretch Show. Coming at you on a Wednesday, getting ready to head into the final hour. Coming up in moments, if you missed it, Jay Sexton interview, about to drop it on that ass. Uh, it's the replay. All right. Right now, let's break it down. <sighs> this is funny. All of you guys out there are aware of the AI apps you can now use to write for you, ChatGP, etc. And one thing that's happened in academia, they became well aware of the chatbots because the first people to be hip to the game of anything is always young people. And what are young people? Typically, 99% of students are young people in colleges, maybe 99.5%. And they cheat. And they're shicey little bastards. And they'll put more effort in cheating than to actually doing the work because that's what young people do. And all the universities have had to come up with all these ways and scramble their asses off to uh, intercept chat GP. And then they, what they'll do is like a professor, let's say they issue an assignment and we're going to do a, an assignment on the American Revolution. And then they'll go to chat GP and they'll have it write an essay on it and then they'll read it and then they'll know what it looks like and then they can tell if someone used chat GP because it's probably going to do the same thing for them. Well, imagine this. Vanderbilt University, a prestigious university in America. Last couple of weeks, the people there at the Peabody Office of Equity, Diversity and Inclusion they decided, you know what, we need to get something written and out to these kids immediately after the Michigan State University shooting. Whenever something like that happens on any campus, the other universities all look around smartly and say, hey, what are we doing? We're lucky that wasn't us. How could we prevent that from happening here or whatever? Or just to put students at ease and let them know there's a plan and there's this and there's that. So they released a very lovely statement to their students the problem is uh, the students then ran it through like they will do. Here's another thing. Students really want to catch you screwing up. Students will cheat all day, screw up all day, but more than anything, they want to catch a university official or staff member or anything doing something bad so they can exploit that and for just to be a-holes. It's their thing. It's kind of it's the way the world is though right now in a, in a microcosm. What do you do? 
you want to do anything to catch a person that you have a little disdain for at doing anything wrong or cheating or doing anything, even though you do wrong crap all the time, we want to get this guy on the hook for anything and get him ran out of here and get him cancel culture. Well, when the people from the Vanderbilt University Peabody Office of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion sent their statement out, some kids at the school newspaper took it and ran it through ChatGP. And guess what? They found out that's who wrote that little little ditty they put out to the kids. And they're like, hold on, wait a minute. We are threatened with expulsion if we use ChatGP, yet we find out that the deans from this program use ChatGP to write something to us rather than sit down and write something to us. Those two deans now are temporarily stepping back from their duties at Vanderbilt as they get this sorted out. That's another thing. It's a catch-22. It's like you can't break the law to enforce the law. Even though there's many exceptions to that rule, we know. You can't use AI and then bust kids for using AI when you're writing a, a paper or an important document. And that's exactly what these deans did when they put that document out to the kids at Vanderbilt. And now the school newspaper blew it up and those people are going to lose their... They got cancel cultured. They got their asses cancel cultured by doing something they forbid students for doing. Hypocritical. Hello, hypocrite. Now, my name is Stretch and I am a hypocrite. I would gladly go to both of my children and say, hey, you nimwits, listen to me. If I catch you guys cheating or using ChatGP or this or that, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, da, 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 da. I had no problem doing that. And then the official email that I would send them, threatening them with, I would write on ChatGP because I'm a hypocrite. This is what I do. I can admit that, though, and I'm also not a college dean. So I'm not a college professor anymore. I once was. Once was at UCLA. Yeah, look it up. Two years I taught at UCLA. It's crazy. Professor Stretch, that's what I am. I taught radio because I'm a radio genius. Radio guru, if you will. I'm the king of radio. <laughs> Let's go back to that story on stupid people overestimating their own intelligence. Yeah, and underestimating other people's. Yeah, I did teach a radio class there, but it, but it ended about there, to be honest. I'll write you a letter about on it uh, uh, from ChatGP. Send it out to you guys. You can check it out. I'll put it up on Instagram. By the way, on Instagram, uh, the ghost box I talked about yesterday, that's up on our Instagram feed if you want to see the ghost box. I put it out before the show ran, and uh, uh, Kyle started making fun of it, Bookie Kyle, on social media, and, uh, and he was like, what is this? Is that cocaine? And I was like, no, that's what I'm taping under your truck like Colombian Bam Bam. I'm thinking about putting the ghost now uh, under Kyle's truck. I'm going to tape it to Kyle's truck. I don't want to open it, though. If I open it, I don't want it coming to me. Whatever is in that box knows who I am, and I don't want it to come back around me. So I may just tape it under Kyle's truck, see what happens, a little study. We're going to do a study, paranormal study, and see if a box filled with an evil spirit containing an evil spirit that I am firmly sure that is binding it somehow. What happens when we tape that box under Kyle's truck? Unbeknownst to Kyle. How does Kyle's life change in the near future? I don't know. We may find out. I'm just saying we may find out. You saw the box. It's on Instagram. All right, I got to get out of here. Coming up next, Cooper Webb. Or I'm sorry, Chase Sexton coming up next. Chase Sexton. 
HRC Honda. He coming up next, and then I'm going to wrap it up. It's the Big 4-9. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, you are officially a big deal when you post on social media that this Friday, the first 150 people to show up and hang out with you, get free dinner, donuts, and a chance to just, well, hang out with you. And, well, you know a crap load of people are going to show up. In fact, a hell of a lot more than 150. And that is exactly what Jet Lawrence did yesterday, announcing a jet party in Dallas this Friday night at 6 p.m. It's going to be at a place called Miller Tavern at Dallas Live. And I can tell you this, Jet Lawrence is a big deal, a very, very big deal. And if you're in the Dallas area, maybe you want to go get some free food and some donuts and hang out with Jet. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is the Stretch Show and a hump day, getting up out of here, packing it up, packing it in, time to go home, time to get up out of here. What I'm going to do, talking really fast because I got into my own cocaine supply. Just kidding. I don't do drugs. I don't drink alcohol. Oh, man. Okay, I got to tell you some truth here. After the Moto Man betrayed me over the weekend. Started acting suspicious. Hey, Moto, I had to go out to the warehouse. I got to uh, get some stuff, some Big 49 stuff. After all, I am the morning guy, and I am the program director, and I am part owner of the Big 49. I'm very important here. I'm very, very important. Uh, I got to go out to the warehouse, and I got to get some stuff. We got things back there. We got Big 49 stuff. We got shirts. We got stickers. We got stuff. I had to go back there and get some. Oh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll get it for you. But by the way, right there, red flag, red flag, red flag. Motoman would say, yeah, F you, Stretch. I'm not getting you anything. Hey, Motoman, will you go out in the warehouse and get me uh, some shirts and some stickers? Yeah, go F, F me. The keys are over there. That's how that conversation would go. So when he's like, oh, no, I'll get it for you. What's going on with Motoman? A little while later. Hey, uh, I got to put this out in the, out in the, the warehouse. Oh, no, 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 I'll do it. I'll just leave it there. I'll put it away later. Huh. What's up? And then later on, Moto and I were leaving, and uh, Moto had to get something out of the warehouse before we left the facility. And I saw the door. There were cases and cases of beer and cases and cases of other stuff in there. Well, on my way out as I left late in the evening, full confession, uh, there's a combination lock on the door, on the back door, not the front door. Motoman, he's the guy, that, the caretaker of the facility. He has the keys to everything, and he's always there, so it's, no one else needs one. So I went out of the back door. I used a combination lock. I may have packed. The Volvo may be riding low right now. I may be having a bumper drag in the ground because I got so much effing beer in my car. And I don't even drink beer. This became a point. I got Michelob Ultra for days. I'm rolling out. In the car. I got some party punch in the car. There may be a case or five of ghost energy drinks in the car. That's right. Volvo's riding low. Because Moto Man is a shiesty bastard. You shiesty shyster Moto. Yeah. Alright, tomorrow. Besides talking bad about Moto Man, which is a daily occurrence on the show. Talking about conspiracy nut jobs. Talking about how stupid everyone is but me. And you guys for listening to me. Um, probably have a went to Florida. And we're going to get into the 250s, which means Jet Lawrence talking about, I'm bousing. I'm getting ready to start training on the 450s. 
Yeah, screw this. We're taking a break from the 250 West. I'm going to go train Supercross on 450s because that's my future. That's pretty much what he says. We'll get all that on the air tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to the Big 49. Sincerely. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.